Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right. I am back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, talking money and investing. And just walking through, I got an invitation to a steak dinner and just looking at the topics being talked about. One is, will I outlive my money is the big thing. So what people worry about, am I going to outlive my money? And I'm going to talk a little bit in a second about a workshop that I taught on this particular topic where I think the government got something right. And I'll talk more about that in just a second. But back to this, uh, the example here, which was on the indexed annuity and, you know, what actually happens with these products. And, you know, they talk about in this little piece that was on Fidelity's website, now, they don't have an upfront sales charge they talk about. Index annuities have hidden costs that are passed on to customers by the insurance company. That's key because often you hear no expenses. No, it's all good. You don't have any expenses. And, you know, it's the insurance company out of the good graces of their, their heart. They pay me for recommending this. And I've heard that before. But, you know... I, I look at any kind of a commission as you get a conflict. You don't, the advisor doesn't get paid unless you sign on the dotted line. And that can be a real problem because they're paid up front. They're paid up front. And there isn't the great incentive to service you down the road one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. Well, we don't need to service you because you got the product. And, and you know, yet it's amazing how often I see them say, oh, you know, that, that annuity I sold you, you know, seven years ago, I, we need to update it. There's a better product out there right now. And then all of a sudden you pay another commission and that, you know, that happens. I see that quite often. But what happens is you'll own this product and they'll typically typically be something else that comes out that has you know a shinier hook on it or whatever. But uh, but often you hear oh no expenses no there are I like this they have hidden expenses and that's exactly right and then you've got the limiting potential on returns of participation rate the cap and the spread and uh, the other thing is that you know can you lose money and they. In here, often you hear you can't lose money. It's guaranteed you're not going to lose money. You know, but what you don't necessarily hear is yes, you can, and that's what they say here in this wisely. The answer is yes. If the market index linked to your annuity goes down, or you receive no or minimal index linked return, you could lose money on your initial investment if you withdraw assets before the surrender period is up. You need money for something. I need it. I had an unexpected expense. And that's another problem with the annuity back there. Let me go back to the annuity that pays an income for the rest of your life. You know, you get older and you go, well, wait a minute. I can't live on this small amount of money anymore. When I first took out the annuity, this level of income was fine. I mean, I was able to live on that just fine. Thanks. I paid lots of taxes on it. And the government went to the, hey, I wonder if I can go to the government and have them send some of that tax money, the overage in taxes that I paid early on because the distribution for the annuity, when I annuitized, 
And if you missed the first part of this where I was teaching on it, go back and listen to the podcast at paulwinkler.com. But you end up having a higher percentage than what is actually required quite often. I say quite often because there's some annuity products that are so bad that it's actually below. But, but um, anyway, it's a higher percentage. And you go, hey, you know, I paid taxes on a higher percentage. I wonder if I can go to the government and get a refund because now I'm broke. And they feel sorry for me and I'm in a 0% tax bracket as a result. No, they're not going to give you a refund. It didn't work that way. <laughs> Just not going to work that way. Although, you know, you can give it a shot. Uh, but uh, kinder, gentler IRS may be in power at that time. So what ends up happening is that, you know, with this annuitization, you know, I, I end up with that same level of income on into the future. And I'll say, well, wait a minute. I wonder if I can go back and, and take some more money, you know, just pull some money out. No, when you annuitize, you know, in a, in a regular straight and immediate annuity, your access to the cash, it's gone. Now, there are some products that do overcome that particular, uh, that, that particular issue. But here's how they do it. You ready for this? They reduce your income throughout the entire contract. There's no such thing as a free lunch. So they reduce it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I have access to money, but I had a reduced income the whole time. And you think, well, wait a minute. Anytime I get something, I give up something. That's life, isn't it? You know, so what happens with these, these products, and if you look at the actual calculations on returns, and uh, they had that actually in this Fidelity article. Over the 10 years ending December 2021, the S&P 500 average return was 16.63, which is higher than historically normal, I will just say, where that's $100,000 gross $465,000 without dividends. Uh, Whereas if you look at the indexed, an indexed annuity, what did it return? In Fidelity's example, whatever product they're using here, 2.79% 2.79% annually. 2.79%. So on a $100,000 investment over just a 10-year period, that's a $334,000 difference. And you don't want, you want to read this article for yourself. It's um, what are indexed annuities. It's one of the better things I've seen out there on the particular topic. Um, but, you know, it's... This is what people are getting pulled into all the time. Index universal life. I see that a lot. And I go, oh my goodness, you do not know. You do not want that. So typically you'll hear workshops from financial people taught on you know tax issues and things like that. I, you know, there was a, an article that recently worked through what's the biggest issue? What is by far the thing? And they had this correlational study where they were actually looking at what well-being was in retirement and what one factor lined up with whether well-being was good, bad, terrible, great, whatever. And it was market stock and bond market returns. And often what people talk about is everything but. They talk about taxes, 
you know, they talk about IRAs, traditional IRAs versus Roth IRAs. They talk about Social Security and, and you know, th- th- which Social Security can be a huge part of, of retirement income. But they typically don't really talk about academic research and investing. And what I found when I was a broker, it was because we weren't doing it. When I was a regular investment advisor working for the big investment firm, and even some small investment firms, it was just not what we were talking about. We were taught to sell product, sell annuities, sell life insurance. You know, you might have some managed products and, and things like that, you know, managed investment accounts and those types of things in your basket of goods. But it was sell whatever you could sell. And that was, you know, do estate planning so you could, you know, sell products in that particular area and, and real estate investment trusts and limited partnerships or whatever. But it was very rarely talking about academic research and investing. So, you know, hence, quite often what people are doing is they're just being sold something and they don't necessarily recognize that's what's happening. So what I did was I I did a workshop answering the big question that people have, which is, am I going to be okay? Will I outlive my money? Will I be okay? And the The thing that hit me as I was thinking about this is that required minimum distributions are a beautiful thing. We often go, oh man, I got to take money out of my account for it. But for a lot of people, if you look at the vast majority of people, they actually take out more out of their account than the required distribution is. And quite often they take out more because their income, their returns, uh, the way their, their portfolios are invested is so bad they have to just in order to get by. But what the example that I like to use is why the RMD, the required distribution. Now, with Roth IRAs, you don't have that. With regular IRAs, you do. And here's what I like about the required minimum distribution. It's a percentage of whatever is in the portfolio. You can't run on money if you're taking a percentage of whatever's there. If when you first start, your required distribution is 4%, and then it grows when you're about age 90 or above age 90, actually, it will be about 10% or in that neighborhood. So it grows from four to 10, but you're always taking a percentage of whatever's there. So I can't run out of money if I'm taking a percentage of whatever happens to be in the account. Now, that's why it's so critical to make sure that the investment part is being done correctly. And there's a way that you take income from an investment portfolio. I don't have time to get into that right now. But the short version is if I have 20 different asset categories, And all those different asset categories, long run, have a positive historical return, large companies, small companies, large value, small value, international, large, international, small, international, large value, international, small value, emerging markets, emerging markets, value, emerging markets, small, five-year bonds, four-year bonds, three-year bonds, two years, so on and so forth. All these different asset categories. In any given year, when I design a portfolio, I have something that's doing okay that I can take income from. So if large U.S. stocks are down in a given year, I don't want to sell them when it's down. So I'll take it from, let's say, my one-year bonds or my four-year bonds or my five-year bonds, or I'll take it from my small value stocks, or I'll take it from my international. So I'm taking it from whatever happens to be holding water in that particular year. And that is hence you know, the, how the academic research shows taking an income from a portfolio. So what I've got to make sure is I'm well diversified like that, and I've got all those different things. Now, what I did is I actually took what are called GIPS audited returns, and I opened the company here in the year just uh, just before the year 2000. So my first full year of operation was the year 2000. But you know we have data on the portfolios that I use going back to the 1990s, early 1990s, 1991. 
And what I did is I interpolated, which is a fancy term, you know, going, okay, we audited the 50-50 portfolios, half stocks, half bonds, and we audited the 75-25. So we interpolate to figure out what a 60-40 mix would be, because I use 60% stocks, 40% bonds quite often. And what I did is I started with a required minimum distribution. And I took that out every year. Now, the, the first distribution was just about $3,700. And that distribution grew to just under $80,000 over the last 22 years. So the income started at around just, just below $40,000. And it grew to over $60,000, over, uh, about, about $80,000 over that period of time. And that's what I needed to keep pace with inflation. You know, I didn't quite need that much. I needed 36,000 to buy what I bought in 2000. You know, so, so 36,000 is what I could have bought. Now I need about 60,000 to buy what 36,000 used to buy. So I kept pace with inflation and only had two years where my income was a little bit less than what inflation would have said I needed, but it wasn't much. So hence, I didn't run out of money and I still had the account value. And hence, that's why I like the required minimum distribution. It's because I'm only taking a percentage of what the portfolio is. And it's backed by a lot of academic research on how to take an income. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors. And confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.